What's up, y'all? This is Daryl with another episode of Narratives Over Wine and Whiskey Podcast, where we discuss issues that affect blacks and or millennials while having a good drink. For all of my episodes so far, we've been talking about issues that are more progressive, more serious, um, discussing issues about money, um, rape culture, all these, you know, professional development, personal development, things that are serious on the spectrum, but that's not all I want this podcast to be about. I also want to, to talk about the culture and society. So today, being that it is my second um, episode of the, the new decade, I want to discuss some music real quickly. So I, um, I'm a subscriber to Tidal. That's my, my music streaming service of, of choice. Predominantly because all of them have the same offers musically and title is black owned. So out of the four heavy hitters of Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, and Amazon, I'd rather give my um, market share to the black folks. So anyway, Tidal, they have a playlist called 2010s Hip Hop. And... I downloaded it the other day because I was like, you know what? Let's see. Let's see what bangers there were during this past decade. And just to give some context about what the past decade was for my life and probably many of my listeners. 2008. So before the decade hit, I'm in college, two years in, pledged my fraternity, crossed in that fall, November 9th to be exact. And um, so that's 2008. 2009, I'm you know having a great time in school, um, doing a lot of community service, doing well in organizations. So right before the and uh, start dating my current wife. So there we go. 2009, leading up to this or this past decade, 2010. I completely forgot the soundtrack that was my last year and a half of college um when i when i hit shuffle on this playlist it brought back so many memories from you know the beginning of the decade the middle the end everything from graduation parties to bachelor parties there was some there were just some some bangers in the 2010s so i'm gonna run down a couple that you probably didn't even think wow all of this happened within the past decade and, and the impact that it had on music on culture on on fashion style like these artists heavily impacted our lives and I think that a lot of times we don't give them enough credit for the memories that they helped us create oh real quick uh, rewind don't rewind actually but uh, back to what I usually do at the beginning today um, it's Saturday decided on blood orange mimosas so I'm rocking with the uh, Prosecco you know amazing for for the uh, very necessary for the mimosas so some Prosecco some sparkling blood orange juice from or organic blood orange juice from Whole Foods something lighter didn't want to to go to him this weekend so yeah cheers to that but let's get into the music real quick. We're gonna skate to one song, one song only. <laughs> 
So we had we had niggas in Paris that dropped um, the album Watch the Throne, amazing piece of work uh, by Jay Z and Kanye West. The, the album was was extremely dope. Dropped in 2011. I didn't even think about it, but for me, this this album was amazing. And not only was the album amazing, but then I got to see them live in performance. And you, you can't go wrong with Jay Z anytime. You know, everybody says Kanye has some controversial stuff going on, but Hove one of the greatest rappers in history. Um, definitely the greatest businessman in the hip-hop industry. Um, you know, people might say Drake is because Drake may have made more money up to this point, but it's like Jordan and LeBron. Jordan changed the game in such a way that LeBron can never do. Same thing with Drake. So yeah, this album was dope. Niggas in Paris was a dope album uh, or dope, dope track. And not only that, but then I was actually able to go to Paris and understand why this this song was so necessary to be made. So yeah, Niggas in Paris, great track, definitely an anthem of the 2010s. Since I just mentioned his name, gotta shout out uh, Drake. Like I said, if Jay-Z is Jordan, Drake is definitely LeBron. Um, the the guy is just an amazing, amazing artist. <laughs> he made being he in the 2010s. He really made being a soft, light skinned cat who is in touch with his feelings cool. And that, that that's all well and good, you know. Drake really made it cool to just be like, yo, yeah, I'm not about that gangster stuff, but I'll talk that gangster stuff because I got enough money to shut you up with it. Um, talked about starting from the bottom. Th this track is, I think everyone can relate to this unless you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. And so we all sitting here, we're like, yo, we started from the bottom, we came up, this is about to be our decade. And for a lot of people, 20, the 2010s were, were great. You know, we graduated from college, we had our struggles, but now we're, we're coming up. I'm 32 right now, so when I got out of school, I was 23. Now I'm sitting here looking like, wow, you know what? I, I was at the bottom, but I've had the salary jobs, I've had the corporate credit cards, I've had the company trips. We started at the bottom and now now look at where we are and look at where we're going. So I, I really think that um, you gotta give Drake credit for this being an anthem of the decade as well. And I'm not gonna go through every song on this, um, on this playlist. Their title selected 200 tracks. 13 hours of music. We don't have that kind of time. But what I am going to do is pick some of my favorites that really spoke to my development as an adult. You know, we all think that we are adults when we turn 18, and then we realize by the time we're 23 and graduating from school with terrible jobs that we might not be the adults we wanted to be at that time. So now here I am in 2020, and I'm thinking, wow, you know what? This past decade has taught me a ton which, um, shameless plug, got a book coming out called What My 20s Taught Me. This month I'm meeting with um, a publisher. So yeah, be on the lookout for that because What My 20s Taught Me, a lot of that came as a result of the experiences that, that this music inspired. But back to the music, let's find the next track. 
Yo, it's it's perfect sequence. I went from talking about Jay Z, or talking about Jay Z and Kanye, into talking about Drake, who I I equate Drake and, and Jay Z to LeBron and Jordan. But now we got to look at um, at someone who led Drake into the game. So we're gonna jump in real quickly. Forgot this was in the 2010s. What year did it come out? Actually, let's see. This joint came out. Also, 2011. Um, yeah, let's get it. Hmm. So, six foot seven. Six foot seven foot, my bad. The beat on this was stupid. Wayne, this is old Wayne. You know, he was probably peaking right about now before the drugs just really hit him too hard. Um, but if you're a real hip hop head, you understand bringing Corey Guns onto this track was a, made it a masterpiece. Because you see generations of hip hop happening. And this is one of the first times that you see a successful father um, in Peter Guns, and then his son say, okay dad, I'm gonna carry the torch now. We haven't heard a lot from Corey Guns since then, but on this track, he establishes himself as a phenomenal lyricist who can spit with anyone. You know, um, I would put him in a room with J.R. Ryder. Um, I would put him up there. Just his, his wordplay is stupid. Um, if you know J.R. Ryder, great. If you don't, look him up. But um, Wayne, of course, went in. Wayne is a punchline king. He continued to do that. But Corey Guns held his own on this track too. We we'll actually fast forward real quick to to get to that part. Right, his wordplay is, is dumb. So you got to give this track credit. If you need a great playlist for the 2010s to listen to, this is it. I think I'm going to be banging this all 2020 because it, it makes me smile and think about great times I had in and out of college. When this joint came on, you knew it was going to be fun. Like, it, it's just a really good hood party song. And the beat drops, so I had a lot of hope for Bobby Schmurter. Bobby Schmurter, I felt like could have been one of New York's better gangster rappers. I won't say greatest, but definitely one of the better ones, especially off of this last generation when, in my opinion, we're lacking some great rappers. So this was the second track off of Schmurter she wrote, dropped in 2014. I can't believe it. About midway through the, um, about midway through the decade, but cats heard this and they were like, "Yo, I, I can rock with this guy because he's telling those street stories that that cats used to tell." The problem is, he's telling those street stories that cats used to tell. Bobby Schmurter dropped this joint and he started naming people. He started saying everything that was happening in his hood. He started saying who was implicated in what crimes. And six months later, he and half of the people he named in this song were locked up. Like, like 
I really am disappointed in what happened with Bobby Schmurry because I now I can't listen to any new tr- new music from him. Not not high quality new music, not a full album because this man is in jail for who knows how long. Matter of fact, let's see. How long is Bobby Schmurry in jail? Prison, excuse me. <laughs> Google corrected me. In 2016, he pled, he pleaded guilty and was sentenced to seven years in prison, which was reduced to five years after receiving credit for the two years he had already served awaiting trial. So, yeah, your boy is, your boy is done. He's gone. But this song was, was hot. So, yeah. Bobby, come out, put out a dope track, put out a dope album. I'm ready. Tweaking, huh? You know what's really cool about having music and talking about musical topics while I am doing this podcast episode? I actually have time to take a sip of my drink without pausing the recording because guess what? While the intro is dropping and you're figuring out what song it is, I'm able to sit here and, and just sit. This is the first track out of the ones that I'm, I'm going through that was actually dropped in 2010. So this was October 2010, Walk a Flock of Flame. Album was uh, Flock of Belly. And I really remember like cats were hyping the club off of this. Like this this was that kind of mosh pit, white boy music, rock, like you you just ready to, to go ahead and jump into somebody. It was the the first hit track of this era that was like that. Like, yeah, you had, you know, back in the day, Lil John and Nucky Buck, cats who were clunk, ready to fight in the club. But this was like some white boy mosh pit, I'm gonna jump off and stage dive type music. And, I, you know, it, it did pretty well. Flocka made a name for himself for a while, and, and I think he his name will, for the next, you know, decade, still be associated with just this hard in the paint kind of music that inspired a generation. So, I've had Jay and Kanye on this already, but I gotta have Big Sean on here. And while this isn't Sean's track, it wouldn't be what it is without Big Sean. Like, you know, anybody effing with my click, ain't nobody fresher than my MF and click. It's this young, you came in the club with your boys, or you came in the club with your girls, and you were like, yo. Anybody messing with my click? We here. This this track, I just think about nights at the club, standing on the couches, you know, bottle services, and it, it was just a good time. Let's see, this joint dropped in 2012. So I just graduated from school a year ago. Was still figuring out my way. Still wasn't managing my money properly, and so. When I said it wasn't nobody messing with my click, I was in the club spending money like my click had money. Um, yeah, we've all been there. We've had that fun. So, yeah. 
Good times. This album was pivotal. It it is ingrained, and I am 
grateful for it because though it was a really, really bad night where I just had to think about what's next, it kept me calm. So yeah, shout out to Cole. Shout out to, to this album, Making the List. Chance, my guy. Um, Chance is really cool. I really liked the spiritual aspects of this entire project, coloring book. Chance makes you think about how can I be a better person and still be who I am. Um, not be cool for the world, but be cool to myself. Chance makes you realize I can be a cool, well-dressed person who's in this world without um, completely selling my soul. I really appreciated this this entire project. Um, he worked with a bunch of artists, everyone from Kanye to Wayne on this track, um, 2 Chains. I, I think he might have had a track with Kirk Franklin on this album. But yeah, this was just a cool bop. Yeah, I'm, I'm cursing, but I still love Jesus. Don't listen to the cur don't let the curse word block the blessing. Yeah, I think that um, more people need to listen to to artists like Chance. It's gonna be some. stepped out the game you know who stepped in and was ready to hold down that spot as a woman it was young and man she was like yo don't worry i got this i'm about to uh to fast forward to the hook because that's my favorite part but yeah young man you know she got she got the stamp of approval she's dope she got it i don't know what she be talking about sometimes but she there she got haters to the left of her Streets more than sesame. Bars. I feel like she would try to take my wife if she met her. And I'd be like, yo, we, we gonna fight. I'm gonna have to hit this. Oh, yeah. I can't even find the ooh. Here we go. These haters on my body shake them more. Ooh. 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 She definitely is solidified as, as coming out with a dope anthem for the 2010s. This is, this is, this is a real anthem. Um, you have a bunch of heavy hitters, old school, just just cats who are gonna, gonna say, hey, we're here, we're on the track, you can't touch it. You got Fat Joe, 
you know, the successor of Big Pun. You got Remy Ma, always goes in. You got Hove. Um, you got new boy French Montana on here, who French really made a name for himself this past decade. Um, he, he stepped away from Coke Boys, led them into their own era. Shout out to Chinks Drugs. But yeah, this was, this was just a great city collaborative anthem. Um, as a uh, as a, a soon to be another cityer, Lord willing, um, I really I can embrace the quality of music that that these guys put out and and this woman puts out on this track. So yeah, all the way up. What you say, ho? The lyrical content here is, is crazy. You know, these, these guys really worked their ways up. All, all, you know, three, at least three out of the four worked their way up in a rap game that they weren't supposed to get to where they are. So, grateful for for their music, their contribution to hip hop and the culture. <laughs> My boy Gotti. This past decade, I really got into Yo Gotti. Um, probably around 2015. I don't think it, it definitely wasn't this song that that got me into Gotti. It was a um, a DJ Drama track on one of his mixtapes. It was Gotti, Fab, a couple other cats. But um, I was like, yo, I you know I can get with him. You know, I am like he was. He was just he was very confident. Spoke with his uh, slang, you know, he had his Memphis accent, and, and he just spits. So, uh, Down in the DM, I think, got him a lot of uh, national credit, because he talked about some, some stuff that was hot. Like, people talk about DM and people, so they can, they can hit him up. And now, people still, you know, it still goes down in the DM four years later. But yeah, this came out um, in 2016, and here we are in 2020. And it's still an anthem. It still goes down in the DM. People's DMs are still getting slid into because it go down, it go down. So, The Art of Hustle, dope album. Gotti, Gotti put it down. <laughs> Don't you hate me to get screenshotted? <laughs> I'll tell y'all right now. I am not a fan of the Migos. They are extremely funny. They're entertaining. But for me, as far as rappers, they just don't do it. That's not to negate the impact that they've had on hip-hop culture. These guys have really made a lane of their own. And their ad-libs are funny. They're just a hilarious group of guys who are doing well entertaining America. I think they just got a, um, they signed a deal with Popeyes. They're getting their money. Um, so, yeah. This this stir-fry joint is pretty funny. Um, if you've seen the video, hilarious. They got this old kung fu look that, you know, it just reminds you of a late 70s, early 80s era kung fu movie. And um, being somebody who grew up watching those kind of movies, I was like, yo, this is, this is cool. This is entertaining. But when it comes to hip-hop, they... You know, Offset, um, Takeoff, and other one, they just don't do it for me. 
uh, Offset, Takeoff, and Other Migo. But yeah. I feel like I've had at least three tracks with Jay-Z on here already. I know I have, actually. At least three. Uh, so this is number four. Ape Shit. This album... <laughs> so, first track I started off with... Um, I said I went to see Jay in, in concert right after uh, Watch the Throne. So, Jay and Kanye, right? So, that was 2011. Fast forward to 2018, and I have the opportunity to see Beyonce and Jay-Z in concert in Cardiff, Wales, maybe a month before this album drops. And Jay does a new track, and I'm like, oh, is he just freestyling, he's just flowing? I didn't really know what was going on, because they were both doing their own, their own pieces. Um, they did their first album together, and then they did um, their own songs. So Jay does a new piece. I'm like, okay, whatever. We're in Cardiff. This is the this is the kickoff show. So we're overseas seeing them kick the tour off. Watch the or on the run too. Two weeks later, I'm in Greece, and they're coming out with a whole new album, and I'm mad because I'm like, this is the like y'all came out with an album after you kicked the tour off. Who does that? I was not happy. Um, but either way, this album was dope. Um, Jay-Z, Beyonce, I'm, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan. Um, I respect her, her hustle, she's she's a great performer, I've seen her twice now, but um, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan. But seeing Jay-Z again, dope. Um, so yeah, great, great album. Got two more songs, and I'm done. I can't go through all 200. I, this this playlist is thorough. You should check it out. If you have a chance, man, definitely get title and, and check out this this playlist. But um, right now we're gonna jump in. Your boy from North Carolina, Charlotte. Your boy from UNCG, the baby. So um, let me be real. I wasn't thoroughly impressed with the baby at first, but then I listened to Kirk, and Kirk is an a pretty, pretty fire album. But this is the song to put him on. Um, Suge. So Suge, you know, you got a little dance that goes with it. All the young cats bop into it. The baby held his own. And I think that he, um, if he can stay out of his own way and stay out of trouble with the law, he can really make the 2020s pop. But yeah, really uh, looking forward to seeing how he grows and appreciate Kirk more so than Baby on Baby but Baby on Baby is what really put him on the map I said I have two more tracks but I think I got three more tracks yeah yeah I said two more tracks and then I said two more tracks again and I was three more tracks because I can't leave Meek out so Meek Meek's not my favorite rapper But he's pretty close I can listen to Meek Anytime and if I need some energy I'm, I got it You know if I need If I need energy to go running If I need to box 
lift, whatever. Meek's got it for me. If I if I need energy to make it through a project, I have to finish by 3 a.m. so I can go to sleep and wake up at 6 to get to work. It, listening to Meek will put me there. Uh, you, you can't lose with him. He had a great decade, and he was in jail more than probably, probably a third of the time. He had a better decade than most rappers and was in jail a lot. Yeah, he had his little issue with Drake. Um, and Drake said, well, I got more money than you, and I'm light-skinned. But Meek held his own. Um, so I really am looking forward to seeing what what 2020s do for him. I think he's going to solidify himself as a, as a true rap legend and put himself above Ross, um, aligned with Drake, and just slightly under Jay-Z. Business acumen is on 10. Um, you know, his, his ability to spit is great. It doesn't matter how rap changes. I think that his Philly mentality is going to keep him going. I really, really can't stand this playlist. Because I keep adding songs on. Um, I don't know when it's going to end. I'm, I'm going to stop, stop guessing until I tell you it's over. But how can I leave Kendrick off? This track with Drake was amazing. Um, using the sample was genius. Kendrick has had some some great work. I'm I'm not a fan of everything he's done, but I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of, of and I respect the majority of his body body of work. Pause. Um, but yeah, Kendrick Kendrick killed it on this joint. Um, Drake killed it on this. The producer killed it. Um, dropped. Poetic Justice, so if you've seen the movie, man, it's like, yeah, he, he really did this. See, you got to understand the culture. Just knowing the name of the song isn't understanding the culture. you got to understand the culture and look at what he did here. But yeah, 2013, this album, yeah, this album was fire. I can listen to it repeatedly. So, yeah, shout out to Kendrick on this. Um, thanks for lengthening my list of songs I just want to review for the 2010s. So it's supposed to be done, not done. But this is the track that put my boy French on. This this solidified French as a hit maker in the 2010s. Um, this was French's first big verse. Uh, he was with Ross, Drake, and French. And I've been rocking with, with French for a minute, but just on some some mixtape stuff. But when he when he got on this and said, you know what, I'm gonna show up for the whole song from the chorus to that last verse, I think that uh, he made sure that, hey, my name is gonna be stamped on an anthem with two of this era's greatest rappers and greatest spitters. So yeah, this was, this was an exciting track. It really was pensive, you know, life's so short, fuck it, I don't wanna go to court. And if you've ever been there, you're like, wow. You know, I, I, I either have the money for the lawyer, I don't have the money for the lawyer, but I can understand, I'm gonna stay scheming, I'm gonna stay hustling, I'm gonna stay grinding. Um, this song started and ended hard. I'm gonna have to stop scrolling down this uh, playlist because there are so many anthems. Um, <laughs> when you're talking about politics and you're talking about the hip hop community, you wonder how do you reach people who more often than not are seen as a community that doesn't vote. 
Sometimes it's through that music. So when you got two well-known gangbangers, YG and Nipsey Hussle, who are on different side, different ends of the spectrum, Crip and Blood, or Blood and Crip, respectively. When you have those two coming together to say, hey, you know, even if you got a, a record, you can still vote against this man who is going to try to bring us further down and push us further back. It, it, it's a huge, huge win, I think, for the black community. And whether you use the, the language that they did, um, you're still getting the point out that, hey, vote for a better candidate than this rich, selfish cat. So yeah, I really appreciate this drink. Middle Child, um, Middle Child was was pretty pretty cold because it set us up for Revenge of the Dreamers three. Revenge of the Dreamers is an amazing album. Um, it 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 takes me back to, um, <laughs> you know, it was last year, but it takes me back to being in Costa Rica a few months ago. And that was a great one. That was my last international trip of the decade, um, which last international trip of the first decade where I went international. And um, I'm, I'm really appreciative of it because uh, there's the track on the album, Costa Rica. And it really, you know, me and my boys were in Costa Rica having a good time. And this, this song kicked off the album that produced that song, which allowed us to create a soundtrack for that trip. So yeah, this, this was, this was, this was dope. Um, I'm done. This is my last, last song. I don't care how many more cool songs I see on here. I'm coming up with my last song right now. <laughs> it's gonna sound cliche, but it's true. Um, I had to end with Nipsey Hussle because the loss of Nipsey Hussle at the point where he was really having beginning to understand who he was, who we are as a people, and what we can mean to the culture and the nation as a whole, and the the danger that we present to America and why America scares us so much. Every everything he was saying was pivotal to changing the way we see ourselves. And so, you know, I'm if you know me I'm what some may call a conspiracy theorist, but I believe you have to take out black men who speak so strongly against the establishment. So I don't know what happened with the dude who killed him. I haven't really heard much about him lately, but I do know that Victory Lap, he got out what he needed to get out before he left. He didn't waste his time, he didn't waste his energy, he didn't waste his money. He made sure that you were going to hear what he had to say before they shut him up. Dude probably, like, Pop, you know you're about to die. And I would equate him to our generations, um, or, you know, Pac was in my generation, but really being able to appreciate him, I equate him to our generations to Pac. And um, I want to see who's going to, to carry the torch afterward and finish this marathon. But that's it, man, the 2010s. The, the, the 2010s, it was, it was a good decade. 
now we're back in the roaring 20s. So, what's hip-hop about to look like? Is it about to fall off and turn into all these mumble rappers? Or are we going to have some cats who say, you know what, Nipsey was right. Let me continue to educate my community. Let me continue to feed into my people. And let me show the world what it is to be a black king or a black queen. And always a black warrior. That's it. This is hip-hop. 2010s. Thanks for rocking with me. Narrow Podcast. Check me out next week. Same time, same place.